homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina, and I'm here with Kim. And we're going to talk about empowerment. Yes. <clears throat> yes, we're going to talk about homeschool high school empowerment for how to do this high school homeschooling thing even if you don't actually know everything there is to know about every subject. Yeah, like fake it till you make it? <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> well, there, there's some room for that now and again. But yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's shocking, but there are actually some homeschool parents out there who do not know everything there is to know about every academic subject. Can you <gasps> imagine? You mean like us? They don't know how to do high-level calculus? Don't tell and them we don't know everything. Oh, if they've listened to us, they know how much we struggle <laughs> with math and that we could not even begin to do calculus. Uh, and if they okay. listen to us, they're quite certain that there's a whole lot of things we don't, we don't know, know everything about. about. Mm-hmm. This is true. And mm-hmm. we don't even pretend to, not even to our children. That's right. That's yep. right. And actually, yeah. if we tried, our children would be the last ones to be convinced. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> This is true. They know us way too well. Oh, yeah. yeah. High school is a lot. There are a yeah. lot of subjects that get covered at a lot of levels over those four years. And um, I've known a lot of moms who got spooked when they got to high school, who had loved homeschooling for elementary and continued to find it very wonderful all through middle school. And as they got close to the end of eighth grade, they started saying, yeah, I just I don't know if we can do it for high school. Hand raised. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of those people once upon a time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's different about high school? What's I mean, why does it feel wow. more intimidating? Do we it, just all feel smart enough to know everything up through eighth grade? Because looking back, I think there's a lot of <laughs> probably things some in the of younger that. grades that I still don't really understand. Yeah. I think we feel like it matters more all of a sudden, Ooh. especially if those kids might be going to college. But even if they're not, all of a sudden we sort of have this realization like, these people are with us for a limited time left. Mm. You know, even even when they're in eighth grade, we're starting to see like, wow, you know, how fast this part of their lives and our homeschool together has gone. We're going to blink and they're going to be venturing off into something new. Um, and we need to do the best that we can with God's help and lots of it um, and their hard work to have them ready. Mm. Yeah, feeling that clock ticking. I think you're right. I think that's yeah. that's difficult for a lot of us. Um, it also seems like, okay, well, so people say, I don't want to leave holes in my kids' education. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that I say every chance I get is everybody has holes in their education, whether they went to traditional school or private school or Christian school or homeschool or whatever. Amen. Um, with, with multiple high-level college degrees and postgraduate degrees, you still have holes in your education. So that's okay. But somehow we have the sense that if we left a hole in the younger years, it'll fill itself in fairly easily. Mm -hmm. If we leave a hole during the high school years, they will have to find someone, some teacher, some, they will have to pay money to someone or something to try to fill that hole or it will wreck their chances for career or success in adulthood those holes feel so much bigger and more dangerous they do they feel deeper i think to us like if if there's a hole there they're gonna like fall through it and right be like alice in wonderland like (laughs) or something yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess part of the, um, the core answer for how to homeschool high school, even if you don't know everything about every subject, is to recognize that, that most of that is an illusion. Mm-hmm. Most of that is our fears talking, yep. and it's not really the way it plays out. In fact, if anything, because our teens begin to take ownership of their education little by little through those high school years, there's a sense in which the holes are less likely to just be there and nobody catch it because our kids are now thinking about what they want to do after graduation. They're thinking toward the career that interests them or the lifestyle that they're hoping to pursue um, or the college major. And so they will start to, in a sense, to, to look out for holes themselves. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't have to do all of it for them. It's now more of a team effort. Yeah, absolutely. And as they get more of a sense of where they're going, holes in some areas don't matter as much because they aren't going to be holes that are going to be relevant to them in their life. They may be holes that down the road they may take an interest in and you know suppose my kid doesn't really like poetry very much and we do enough poetry to say that we've exposed them to poetry but we don't do a great job on poetry and they've never read some of the great poems in the world that I would love them to read ideally. If they're not going to be a literature teacher where they need to teach poetry mm. or whatever, if that becomes important to them, they can read poems later on in life. Like, we don't have to, they're never going to be complete, especially not in high school. Right. And we actually, I think, do ourselves a service and, and our kids if we can give them the idea that that this is a beginning. This is a found. Ooh, this is a foundation. Ooh, <laughs> and, good word. Yeah, um, and that this is not the the end all be all. Even if this is the end of their formal education, mm-hmm. this is not the end of their education. This is not the end of their learning. This is the right. end of this piece. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So let's. Okay. So let's so, go. Nitty gritty nuts and bolts. Yeah. Um, let's take it by by core academic area. So. Oh, what if um, you don't feel at all competent to tackle the high school sciences, the lab sciences? Mm-hmm. Most people um, do some kind of physical science. They do biology with a lab. They do chemistry with a lab. They, um, especially college-bound kids, typically do physics with a lab. Some throw in something like marine science mm-hmm. or um, anatomy. anatomy and physiology. So any of those kind of science courses, what do we what do we do if we don't feel science equipped to teach such things? Oh, we do our first thing that we always do at Seven Sisters. We pray. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because there's not one right way to handle high school sciences if mom is not the one to teach them. There you so go. So not only is it okay if you decide you're not the one to teach them, but there's a whole bunch of different ways Absolutely. to tackle it. Yeah. 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 All right, so let's brainstorm. So let's brainstorm. So, and a lot of these are probably going to apply to more than one subject Mm -hmm. area, but um, if you have a good community college in your area that's uh, homeschool friendly, that may be an option for you to pursue. Um, Honestly, I named it first, but it would not be my first choice or recommendation, but it's an option Mm -hmm. and it works really well for some people. Um, You can find a friend 
phone a friend, find a friend <laughs> who can, who is really good with the sciences or, and who can teach you. You can form a co-op. That's one of my favorite answers because Especially it's for the building labs. community Yeah, at the same time that it's building academics. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're modeling two really good things for your kid. You're saying, hey, we don't understand this, but we can work with others to understand it. And we can work with others, which mm. is just playing good by itself. Oh, my. Yeah. So important. Yeah. So important. And it's that, like, learning from one another, too, because I might not understand this concept, but somebody else might understand another mm. concept. Or you know in any group of humans, there are people who think dissection is really cool, <laughs> and there are people who are absolutely just wigged out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and when you have a team of people, the more fascinated people can be more active, perhaps, in the yes. dissections. And perhaps and, the wigged out folks can observe and, and write their lab report, but not and get through it. actually yeah. feel the need to pass out or anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's great video stuff if you're really, you know, the dissection mm-hmm. thing, depending on if you're just really not very able um, to do a co-op kind of situation or all kinds of reasons. There's some great video dissection things. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't skip all the dissection. I feel like it's a rite of passage. You have to mm. dissect something. Um, but you could skip or not skip. You could modify a lot of it mm-hmm. and use some, some really high-quality video dissections. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not just dissections. There's all kinds of um, really cool chemistry labs mm. that you can find videos for, things that you couldn't do in a traditional high school mm. chemistry lab, you know, things that can be exploded and, and stuff that oh, they can yeah. they can do under safe circumstances um, for the video, but you, you could never do it on, right. on your own. So it, it can be... It can be um, so there's online stuff. There yeah. are full-out online courses. It doesn't uh-huh. have to just be the lab portion. Right, yeah. It can be the whole things so you can enroll and pay for mm-hmm. um, an online course where you have a teacher doing lecture, having office hours, grading. Um, there are all different varieties of online instruction. There are DVD yeah, right. curricula. Yeah, I, we just, uh, our friend Sherry Seligson did a, she's done a bunch of curriculum and She's got a textbook and a teacher manual and a lab manual and, and a DVD that goes with it. So that's a really Very good cool. good support system built in right there, too. We used um, in our little co-op and mm-hmm. when our youngest were nearing the end of high school, we did some anatomy and physiology and nutrition mm-hmm. all with, um, yeah. with DVD. Yeah, we had and a lot was, of fun. It was fun. Yeah. Beads and uh, <laughs> Beads and, and Dean. Dean, yes. That's right. Our kids had very lovely, affectionate nicknames for our instructors. Yes, the nutrition instructor always wore a colored bead necklace. Different yeah. colors to go with her different outfits. Yeah. And they, they lovingly took to calling her beads. And <laughs> says, Is it time for beads yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Very good. Yeah, okay. So yeah. there's there's a lot of ways to tackle science and mm-hmm. the um, the lab portion in particular is what intimidates a lot of, a lot people, of people coming into high school. So similarly, higher math mm-hmm. is very intimidating. A lot of us feel like we're okay up through algebra and maybe geometry, and then algebra two, maybe we're on thin ice a wee bit, or if you're like me, we've crashed through. Through and, the ice. We're, we're drowning, yeah. <laughs> ice cube <over>. city. <laughs> um, and then certainly a pre-calc or calc, oh, yeah. or um, what's that thing that, that um, 
Discrete math? Discrete math. I'd never even heard of it. Yeah. And I was like, is discrete math something that we don't talk about in polite circles? <laughs> like, it just sounds weird to me. <laughs> it's taught only in whispers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so similarly, so, yeah. cooperative uh, endeavors are really wise when it comes to that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you live in a university community and if you are just nervous about but not completely overwhelmed, you may find that you can use a traditional textbook and find a tutor for your kid, oh, um, yeah. an undergrad student who loves math. Mm-hmm. One, of my, one of my sons uh, worked with a college undergrad who just really, really loved Algebra 2 and helped him make sense of it. That's beautiful, yeah. And you may even find within your homeschool community, Mm -hmm. you might find another family, another another parent or another student even, yeah, who just loves it. And perhaps your student is really good at literary analysis, for example. And could help that student. Oh, so like a bartering study buddy kind of thing. Yeah. Which, again, is teaching great life skills and great character development to our kids. That yeah. there's, there's a way to find a solution within your community often mm-hmm. if you're willing to offer something that you've been blessed with talent or a skill or interest in or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it would, that's something like that also gives you the great opportunity to um, talk about how to help somebody without doing it for them, mm. which is not only a good academic thing, because if they are, you know, continuing, they want to, you know, we always, we have some great resources about plagiarism. I wasn't exactly <laughs> thinking of that per se. Um, but even going beyond that, just learning how to set boundaries and things oh. like that can even be, you know, like I can a help you this that. far and then you need to, um, you need to be able to do this, this and this and then bring it back to me or whatever right as opposed to me maybe me doing everything and you watching you know that sort of thing good stuff um but yeah a lot of the same a lot of the same things fall in all those stem you know the science technology math yep. all that stuff yeah. yeah all right so let's flip to the other side of the academic universe mm-hmm. um what about things like literature analysis and writing writing mm. oh my so often we have moms who say I cannot grade my kids writing in high school I'm hugging Sabrina because she basically <laughs> graded most of my kids writing in high school and yeah I mean she is much better at it to start with she loves to write I don't love to write I love to read but I don't love to write the other thing though even if I loved to write sometimes grading your own kids mm. writing there's a lot of emotional components to it that are are just make it hard maybe sometimes for mom to uh, do the grading or dad to do the grading um, but also maybe for your student to receive that in the way that you're trying to yeah 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 we did I can't remember if we've done a podcast about it but um, at seven sisters homeschool.com's Facebook page I know there was a Facebook live about effective grading strategies and one of the things Mm -hmm. that I talked about in that is how difficult it is to make peace with the subjective component of grading writing. Yes. There is a big piece of it that is subjective. If a comma is being misused, a comma is being misused. But if you read a paragraph and you say, yeah, there's a lot of dead wood in here that you need to cut out. Okay, probably a lot of people grading it would have some varying degree of the same impression. 
But for some people, Deadwood is so annoying to them. They're like, just get to the point, get rid of all that. That's that's junk. And for other people, well, I think you could be a little, I think you could tighten it up. You could be a little more concise. But it is pretty subjective Mm -hmm. in terms of what is effectively communicating. And that's what's happening when you're grading writing is you're telling Mm -hmm. somebody whether or not they are effectively communicating. And it can be really hard um, during those teen years in particular. If you're perhaps headbutting from time to time, Mm -hmm. parent and student, because even good Christian families who love Jesus sometimes don't always agree in their homes. <laughs> yes, this is true. You mean there is conflict? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People love each other. We rub up against each other. And, and, and there are sometimes, sometimes that sparks. makes sparks. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's that's right. right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, like, typically a teenager, depending on where they are in their development as a writer, they're, like, trying to find their voice and mm. all those things. So there tends to be... Um, depending on their personality, there can be a lot of their personhood right. invested in their they writing. They feel very vulnerable and, when yep. they hand that paper to you to read yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. finding somebody else to grade your student's writing is an okay thing. Yeah. Um, finding more than one somebody else is really valuable. Yes. Um, because of the point that you just made, too, like that they learn to understand that in different circumstances for a different um, purpose, or even just for a different audience, they may need to write differently to be successful. Mm, very good. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't seem to find somebody else to grade it, then a really helpful thing is to simply have a rubric. Oh yes. For every assignment, yes. and let your student see what that rubric is, so that they understand. Okay, you're going to give me ten points if there are no sentence fragments in this essay. Mm-hmm. And no, not you're going to give me. I'm going to earn, earn. 10 That's points. Right. That's right. That's um, right. If there are no sentence fragments. And I'm going to earn another 10 points if there are no misspellings in this. And I'm going to earn 10 points if my thesis statement is clearly stated in the first paragraph and is clearly stated again in the conclusion. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to earn five points each for the um, interior paragraphs if they clearly tie to support the thesis, the thesis statement. statement. So yep. all of those things, if, if it's very, um, if, it's, if you put a numeric value to each of those pieces of it and it totals up to whatever it totals up to and, mm-hmm. and they earn a percentage grade, then it's much less um, personal. Yes. Yes. And it, it helps take some of that sting out of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, rubric. And different rubrics for different types of assignments, most oh, definitely. Yes, right. Um, you definitely do not want to use the same kind of rubric for assignments across the board, not even for all essays, mm. because different essays have different purposes, and, and you want the rubric to reflect the purpose of the communication. Yeah, that's a great point. Great point. Um, also, peer review. Oh, yeah. Such a cool tool. And if they're going to college, they're almost certainly going to have to engage in quite a bit of that. Yeah. And if they have already done it some in high school, it's, will help. it's much more comfortable. Yeah. 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 So they, they'll just, and sometimes it's way easier to receive that feedback from a peer than, mm-hmm. especially if it's, if it's mom or the peer. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Um, but also it just gives them another set of eyes, another, um, another heart even, another ear, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. And it can be as simple as, as um, having some kind of a, a writer's workshop kind of approach. And if you can't get together in real life to do that, you can even do it online. And yeah. You can send each other your work and, and you can feedback 
um, to each other, even if you can't actually gather. Although it's a lot more fun if you can it get is. together it at is. somebody's house yeah. once a month or whatever. Yeah. So it's a great way to take something that for some students might be less appealing or more challenging and make it into something fun so that they have mm -hmm. something to look forward to around it. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 All right. So let's see. Um, reading books and doing literary analysis and discussing books. A book club is one mm. of the easiest ways to tackle that. And again, if you can't make that happen in your local community, you can find very easily online book clubs. Oh, yeah. And you may be interacting with people that you don't know, um, and there is always some risk in that on the Internet and strangers and all that. Um, but with, with parental involvement and supervision, it can be a wonderful, free way to get much more depth in your study of literature in high school than you might have otherwise. Yeah, I'm actually on my phone right now and Sabrina's like looking at me like, what are you doing? Well, yeah, our I kind of was. <laughs> our, our friend Gabriella Eltringham, who we interviewed a couple of podcasts mm -hmm. ago, actually has a uh, an Instagram site where she reviews, Book reviews. books. Mm -hmm. And um, encourages comments and, and feedback. Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, if I can find it quickly, I will uh, find the name of her. Oh, I have yeah. a homeschool mom friend who does the same thing. Her Instagram handle is always carry a book. Oh, beautiful. So you can look for her. Right, and Gabriella's is Black Forest Books with one R in Forest. All right. Yeah, so good stuff. Find, find people to talk um, about with the books. You can also use, um, certainly you can li use literature study guides that are aimed at helping students um, build their inferential reading skills, their critical thinking skills. Um, the thing to sort of watch out for in high school when it comes to lit study guides is that some of them have a whole lot of reading comprehension questions in them. Which, AKA busy work. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that, that yes, you needed your, your kid to do in third grade and maybe fourth grade or fifth grade. By the time they're in high school, they really they, they know how to follow the story. They know what happened. They know what happened next. They know who was there. They know where it happened. What they need to be asked is, okay, so why? Or how did it get to that point? Because it started here. What were the underlying motivating factors? What um, would the possible outcomes be from this you know, at, at this spot in the story, before you read on to find out what the author says mm -hmm. happened, what might happen, mm -hmm. and why do you think that? And it's, it's, it's all of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, find, find literature study guides. We have lots and lots of them at sevensistershomeschool.com. Shameless plug, because I love creating literature study guides. And what we hear from lots of our homeschool seventh sisters out there is that lots of students like using them. So might be a great resource for you. Yeah, they're so helpful because they tackle a couple of literary concepts at a time. And they, but not every single literary concept in the book. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So they don't kill a book. Hopefully they give, uh, give you a vehicle for some deeper understanding, not only of that book, but of ways that you could look at other books mm -hmm. um, without killing the book. Our, our goal is we want kids to love to read and love literature, even if they don't love to read, to be able to really love it and appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing to use is um, audiobooks and oh, online uh, commentary yes. and criticism of yeah. uh, various titles. And certainly for classic titles, it is mm. easy to find lots on the internet mm. that will provide a springboard for discussion, for um, 
analysis and for writing in response to mm. works of classic literature. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like, well, yeah, I could put together a book list, but I don't know what to have them do other than just read it, Google that book title online and look for lesson plan, look for analysis, look for writing prompts, mm. and you can find a lot mm -hmm. um, to put something together to help draw your teen beyond basic comprehension. Yeah, yeah. One thing that we've done that we really blessed us was we did some reader's theater things. Oh, yeah. So got Fun. the kids together, sat around the table, or and Sabrina's even done it and had kids on stage doing Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, or they just are reading a book and they can read in character or they can just take turns going around the table. And right. moms can participate as well. Yep. It's really fun. It is fun. It's a neat way to get through something that, that might um, be yeah. overwhelming or might seem dry or might seem like, well, we did it, but I'm not sure that we learned a lot from it or did it well. Mm -hmm. It can add a whole new layer yeah. to the learning. Yeah. All right, so let's see. That was language arts, world languages, foreign Ooh, language. Yay! There are so many fun resources um, for world languages. And um, it is really ideal to do world languages with other people because mm. guess what? They are spoken languages. I mean, if you're doing Latin, you're not, <laughs> you still want to speak with other people for practice, but you're probably not going to run into someone at the grocery store speaking Latin. Latin is a language, at least it used to be. It murdered all the Romans, and now it's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> we used to chant that in my Latin class in seventh grade. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so and yeah, was your anyway, father the sorry. teacher of the said Latin class? You know, he actually was not, oh, but he heard us quoting that, and he was not amused. So my father was <laughs> a classics professor who thought that Latin was quite wonderful and there should not be mocked. <laughs> I think it is pretty cool, wonderful, yeah. A little bit of I know. I've been, okay, you know. so yeah, sorry, so I, I derailed you. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that, no, okay. it's easily done. Right, um, so do them together with other people if you possibly can. Do them can. together with other people if you possibly can. And if you choose something that's not a do-together thing, get together another option for co-op or some kind of uh, less structured get-together. Have a, have a language club where you get together once a month and you do your best to only speak in that language or... Um, and I am a huge fan of things like Duolingo is a wonderful addition. I wouldn't call that your entire curriculum by any stretch, but it's fun. It's free. It's on your phone. It's, um, it gives you lots of feedback. And that actually incorporates speech right into your phone, which is really nice. Um, you know, there are traditional book curriculums. If you're going to go for a traditional book curriculum, I'm a huge fan of making sure that they have at least an audio component. And uh, right now, a lot of them, they'll just have an online component. Um, and I use a really, really old uh, curriculum, largely because my students can get it easily and inexpensively. Mm. Um, and yeah, there, there are new words, but think about it. it. You know, how much has English changed in the last 10 or 12 years? Like, you know, it changes, mm -hmm. but a lot of it is the same. Um, so my students can go in and they can get online and they can hear a native speaker speak all of the words in our vocabulary list all the time, um, which is really valuable. I, yeah. hope, I hope they use it <laughs> and that's up to them. Um, so let's see. So we talked about language clubs, classes, um, online resources, online resources. A lot of students are very interested in learning Asian languages right now. 
Um, those are really good and there's some good resources for those too. So don't think as much as I'm the Spanish teacher and I love Spanish and French, but, and I've taught Russian, um, but don't be afraid to go out of the box because if you look again, Google is your friend, right? Mm. Um, do you hear us Google? Can we have points for that? (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, yeah, there are resources out there. Um, and think about your child's learning style um, but also realize that regardless of their learning style, it's a language. Right. So they're going to have to work on listening, speaking, reading, and writing are, are the four elements for any good language curriculum. And so if you look for those, you're in pretty good shape. I don't know. What else What else can you think of? You've done that. Wow, that was really good. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Let me climb down off my soapbox now. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I mean, I think that hits on on all the major ways that I've that I've seen mm-hmm. um, foreign language learning work well mm-hmm. for high school where mom does not know the language. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, social studies, history. Mm. I think that history doesn't intimidate people too much. Yeah. Um, and it certainly is. A credit that you can earn with all kinds of different approaches, mm. whether you're using um, living books or field trips or reenacting or video or um, traditional textbooks. There, there's so many ways to do that. But I think that maybe things like economics, civics, mm. um, social sciences, like sociology, psychology, psychology. that those things maybe are um, even geography. People are oh, not yeah. quite sure how to tackle that enough a little more intimidating right yeah the holes thing yeah yeah Yeah. um and so there again we're we're beating a drum here but we believe in this so Mm -hmm. so deeply at seven sisters find some sisters yes and brothers exactly community (sighs) yeah so many of our kids grew up basically with like their co-op cousins really Yeah. yeah Yeah. And certain ones of the moms in our local area are very, very interested in political science, civics, mm. um, all of the all of those things that our kids do need to do. Probably a traditional text of some sort. There, there's there's a basic level of understanding that should be in place before they graduate from high school. Sure. But for it to be taught by a mom who is mm. passionate about it, who is involved, who is um, very genuinely sharing a part of herself with the students at the same time that they're learning and memorizing the things they need to learn and memorize. Oh, yes. That's priceless. Yeah. And that, that wasn't me. That's just not my wiring. But mm. my kids took civics with somebody who just loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Economics. There are a lot of great um, mm. curricula that you can that you can get a hold of. You want to think in terms of the difference between economics and financial literacy mm-hmm. because they're not the same thing. They are very much related. Mm. But financial literacy is a personal thing. Mm-hmm. It is a life skill. It is um, beyond consumer math, but it is not actually studying how the economic systems in countries work. Mm-hmm. So just just keep yourself clear on the fact that your kid needs some form of financial literacy before graduating from high school. And they also need mm-hmm. a, probably a half credit yes. in economics. Right. Think economy. That's mm-hmm. where that, you know, those words go together. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking big, big scale. Yeah. There are tons yeah. of online resources for economics for high yes. school. Yeah. Lots of, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, where there's a scenario that's created. 
um, simulations. Simulations. There we go. There you yeah, go. lots of simulations for different mm-hmm. economic models yeah. and um, a lot of really good stuff there. And actually, there's there's quite a bit of online stuff for um, political science and civics as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. So yep. yeah, take yeah. advantage of those things. Yeah. Social sciences like psychology and sociology. Mm. Uh, we we got to give a shameless plug for our, to. for our friend Vicky. Um, she's not here, so we're. We're, we're talking about her when yeah, she's not here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And we would talk about her the same way, right in front of her little, lovely, precious little darling face, as darling she would probably face. say. That's right. Um, <laughs> as I start coughing. Yeah. Um, Vicki wrote a, a really nice introduction to psychology from a Christian perspective, which is so unique um, yeah. that it, it, you know, even if it weren't ours, we would be mentioning it. That's right. Um, yeah. So, some people are spooked by the idea of, of tackling psychology in high school. Um, there are some really good reasons to do it, particularly for a kid who is college bound, because mm-hmm. in many universities, um, an intro to psych class is a requirement mm-hmm. and it is a weed out class. Yep. And so they start with 200 some students and um, kids think that it's going to be a nothing class, mm-hmm. and it ends up being very demanding. Yes. And it's used by the university to see who's going to really buckle down and be a college student here. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there are a lot of pieces of psychology that um, may challenge a Christian worldview mm-hmm. when presented in a secular college classroom environment. Yeah, and um, so Vicky's course that she created is introducing the the basic primary pieces of understanding the history of psychology and the the um uh different schools of thought Mm -hmm. within it that they will then be looking at in college Mm -hmm. but doing it at a high school level where Mm -hmm. it's not overwhelming overview kind of level and making it clear okay so here's how this lines up with what god has told us about himself and about his creation and our relationships with one another and um, so it's it's really, really lovely to lay that foundation mm-hmm. for a teen before they yeah. encounter psych in college. Um, so yeah, so finding a curriculum that you feel good about. Mm-hmm. And um, again, these things are really a lot more fun to study in a small group or oh, class yeah. setting. Yeah, another quick shameless plug. Uh, Vicki also wrote Human Development, Introduction to Human Development. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a great... Um, Social science elective elective, Mm -hmm. and it's really fun to I've done it with one student at a time to check a box and fill in a credit and it worked okay for that. But it the richness that came when we did it as a group and just really um, it's so relevant. It's one of those courses that's relevant to everyone, no matter what they are doing in their life, because they are going to live life with other people. Mm-hmm. And it explains development from where people are in their developmental yeah, process, yeah, all the way through. And so valuable, so valuable. All right, yeah. what am I forgetting um, that might be intimidating for high school? We've talked about language arts, we talked about math, we talked about science, we talked about foreign language. Well, how about other crazy electives like fine arts and phys oh, ed? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know too many people who would decide not to homeschool high school because they were too intimidated about fine arts. But I do know people who have decided to homeschool high school who then get intimidated about fine arts. Yeah, and they're like, or how do I do ed. this? Yes. What do I do? I don't, I'm, I'm not, not a creative person. Right. right, yeah, or I'm not, you know, I'm not physically coordinated mm-hmm. or whatever. And, uh, you know, yeah, how do we do this? Yeah. 
So probably one of the first things is um, it's our standard seven sisters answer, which is remember that there's not, not one, one right, right way. way to do it. And think outside the box a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you have a kid who is, and this was, this was the case with several of my kids, who is not the traditional sports team athlete person, mm-hmm. yeah. um, then we did things like um, long distance bike riding. We mm. did dance. We did um, um, walking, logging miles oh, yeah, for walking right. and yeah. and running. Um, yeah. We did uh, studying different um, patterns for uh, calisthenics over different oh right you know, different yeah. decades and stuff and yeah. what the what the um, U.S. military used in yes, boot camp right. and stuff over there. And we had kids who got interested in um, in weightlifting and so there were all kinds of different things that that we would pull together and log Mm -hmm. hours for Mm -hmm. um so if you have a kid who's not a traditional soccer player or softball player or whatever that's that's okay you can find other kinds yeah of endeavors right and if your if your child is on a team that counts that's that's activity that's physical exercise that's learning skills that's Mm -hmm. All of those same things. And the really the goal of PE, aside from, you know, getting up and moving around, it really that's one of those things that we want to be lifelong. Our goal is not to have kids go in and play dodgeball and hate gym forever <laughs> and, you know, just be humiliated. Our goal is what can we do to um, create lifelong interest in staying active and healthy mm-hmm. from that kind of perspective. And so even, you know, health ties right into that. Right. And we have a really cool health curriculum coming out eventually. We yeah. do. We it's, do. It's not, it's definitely not going to be for. It's in the wings, for, but uh, far the back 2018, in the 2018, 19 school year. Yeah. But we, we are digging into that you project. Bet. You bet. So fine arts, again, it yeah. doesn't have to be watercolor painting. It doesn't have to be um, sculpture. But it doesn't even have to be instrumental music. People say, oh, my kid doesn't play anything. You know, mm-hmm. well, your kid could sing in a choir. Mm. Your kid could. Um, there, there are so many different kinds of creative expressions. Mm-hmm. Photography. Oh, yeah. Um, you don't have to think in terms of, of an, an art studio. And right. It, yeah. you know, Taking an art class. It's encouraging you creativity can. that shows itself either musically or visually mm-hmm. um but it, it doesn't have to be something that they are incredibly gifted at. they don't even have to be a little bit gifted as long as they try it they have to try it exactly and yep. there can be a fair amount of fine arts that also comes from going to a gallery exhibit mm-hmm. going to a concert yep. and listening yep um so leave space for music appreciation and art appreciation yep. as well mm-hmm. you can yeah. do it you can Absolutely. You can. You don't have to know everything about every subject. And in fact, if you tell us that you do know everything about every subject, we know that you are fooling yourself. (laughs) That's right. That's not possible. (laughs) And there will be holes in your kids' education when they graduate. Absolutely. And that's okay. That is A-okay. They will continue to learn things that they need to learn and that interest them. And that will go on until they draw their last breath because Mm -hmm. God designed us to forever be learning new stuff. Absolutely. So you don't have to get it right in high school. But if you have it in your heart to homeschool high school, don't let intimidation stop you from doing that. Not at all. Because you can be that role model, too. You can be learning right along with them. Mm-hmm. And, and that lifelong learning thing is 
that's part of the goal, like Sabrina said. It sure is. Yeah. So we hope this was um, empowering because yes. that's what we started out saying. We were going to empower you today for Ugh. homeschooling high school. You don't have to know it all, but stuff that you do know, it's wonderful if you share it with the rest of us. Yeah. So if you have comments or ideas or feedback, we would love to hear from you either on the Homeschool High School podcast Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Or um, you could leave a review and some stars on iTunes to help mm-hmm. other families find the podcast. You can come to sevensistershomeschool.com and read articles on the blog and cruise around the ebookstore and like, go to the freebies section. Oh, in the yeah. Ebookstore. We've got some lots free stuff and lots there. of free resources. Yeah. But yeah, get, get involved and. Um, and tell us things that are working well in your homeschool because we would like to learn from you too. That's right. So until next time, this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7SistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. <laughs>